Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. And we are back with another episode of On the Record with Tiffany here on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Um, I have one of my favorite people. And you know what? I feel like you should have been on here a thousand times, but you haven't. (laughs) This is is like, what, our second time doing an interview? Yes, the second Um, time. It is the illustrious Laura Thompson, fierce, feisty (laughs) leader, president and CEO of... Tan TV. Laura, how are you doing this week? Hey, Tiff. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to have you on to talk about it. This month is Black Business Month. So I thought, who better to have than somebody who has started what I think is going to be one of the most prolific networks, Tan TV. So can you tell my audience what Tan TV is? TAN TV is a digital television network. Um, We uh, broadcast simultaneously on five different platforms. Um, But we didn't start there. Mm -hmm. Right now, we we broadcast live on five different platforms. We have the ability to go live simultaneously on at least seven uh, different platforms. Um, You have to register um, to, to view our content. Uh, right now, you can watch free. And wow. So you, just, you register and you watch free. And so... Uh, I've seen some of your programming, which is super fun. Uh, Vance's uh, uh, sports programming. You know I'm not a sports person. <laughs> but you have... have no, I, I'm, I like sports. I don't know anything about sports. So having me... Talk you know what a touchdown sports. is, right? Yes, I know what that is. <laughs> That's all you have to know. I'm not that it's bad. It's a touchdown. It's a three-pointer. <laughs> but you cover you cover everything, uh, especially with your coffee break. Yeah, we cover. Now that's you. We we cover sports. Uh, Vance is the the producer uh, and the creator of In the Room, and he has several different talk shows. And sports talk is one of them. Uh, we also do a midnight show on there and talk about controversial topics (laughs) or fun topics that people want to chime in on. Um, On on the coffee break, um, you know, we, I run the gambit. I'm the host and the creator of the coffee break. I've been doing the coffee break since probably 2015, started out on the one radio. Uh, When I got my own platform, I transferred um, all of my shows over to TAN TV, the African-American network. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a local feel with a global reach. <laughs> I love your I love your tagline, local feel with a global reach. And right. I also like the fierce, feisty Laura. Well, that's because I'm the fabulous, fierce, feisty, friendly, <laughs> phenomenal. Sounds like F, but it's not. <laughs> but I spell it with an F. So. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I, so I love it. So how did you conceptualize the coffee break? Because it's been a, around for a while. So I, I was I was running for um, <clears throat> state rep mm-hmm. um, back in 2015. Ruth Jones McClendon uh, re- resigned or retired, mm-hmm. uh, and the seat was left open. So I ran for the interim seat um, as an independent. Won it, but wow, an independent winning a seat in <laughs> Texas, right? So is... I, I was the second uh, independent uh, to win. At that time, in in more than six decades, wow! Um, I was the the only independent in the state of Texas on the ballot at that time. Um, I was the only independent in the House, <laughs> the first African American and female independent in the House in the state of Texas. So I don't know if it will, but it, it should. I think going to history books, but I, I don't. I don't know. If it will or not. It should go in the history books. We'll have to make sure that that happens. Mm-hmm. Tell me, what made you think you could, I mean, as an independent, like you just said, every single one of those was a first. Mm-hmm. So when you were thinking, hmm, maybe I'll, maybe I'll run, well, what, I, what made you think I can do this? 
I, um, I can I can be the first one to do this. Well, I wasn't even thinking about that. I, as a matter of fact, I didn't know <laughs> that I was the first one, or that there hadn't been anybody uh, in over you. several decades. Yeah, I didn't know that six decades. Um, so I didn't know. So I'm I just do things because like being a state rep was a dream of mine because I, mm-hmm. I uh, when I was a little girl, uh, Sinfronia Thompson came to our church. Uh, she was real pretty. She was a state rep. She was a speaker for a Women's Day program. And so mm-hmm. I said, I want to be a state rep like her. Didn't know what a state rep was. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know all the things that went along with being a state rep. But uh, I ended up uh, inheriting Ruth Jones McClendon's office. She had the largest office in the state capitol. Mm-hmm. And it was right next door to Sinfronia Thompson. She was still wow. there. After after all these years, so that had to be like a dream come right. true. But it wasn't doing session, so I was never able to run into her. Although I ran into her at we had a, a black caucus Christmas party, mm-hmm. so I ran into her there. But and you know told her about it. But I had run into Sinfronia Thompson uh, in Dallas, Texas, too. Well, I moved to Dallas. Uh, I always wanted to do something that went against the grain. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was there. Uh, I was talking to her and another state rep. I forgot his name, uh, but I was asking him why, you know, politicians double talk. You say one thing and then you do something else. She was sitting behind him and she was just nodding her head, to, <laughs> you know, encouraging me to continue to uh-huh. to have that fight in me. Uh, and so I was in my early twenties then. Wow. Uh, and she had already been serving for several years, about, probably about 10 years. So it, so that's, the coffee break started, and, and that was your question, which I gave you the long <laughs> answer to, but uh, the coffee break started uh, as a result of me running for state rep, and I wanted to give, like, updates and kind of explain mm-hmm. to people uh, on a Monday show what it meant to be a state rep and what it meant to be a constituent uh, in a in a particular district and how important it was to kind of know, uh, you know, what a state rep does and how that state rep benefits the, and, and serves a, uh, a, a constituents in their community or in their district. Now, and I so, have a question for you, speaking of constituents. How do you see the political scene now? Because what you just described is what I've always heard my entire life, is that you serve the constituents. You don't serve your base. You serve the constituents. So that's everybody that is within your district. Uh, everybody, Not just the people that elected you. Mm-hmm. So what do you see? How do you... How do you frame what, what we're seeing right now? Um, I think it's just a product of what's been happening already, but it, it's, they're just more open about it. Um, they uh, have a lot more to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a big power struggle right now, a big transitional time right now, uh, a, a transfer of power and a transfer of wealth. And so uh, when people feel threatened, you know, they, they act up. Mm-hmm. That, in, in my opinion, but you know, in, internally, you know, all, all the constituencies is when you come out, do the photo op, you know, tell people what you're going to do. You know, they don't see what happens behind, uh, behind the, scenes. the scenes, and so it's the it, it's been like that. You know, um, it's just starting to bubble up and surface where it's boiling over, bubbling over. So. Mm-hmm. Because so it seems it. pretty polarized right now. You got I, when I was twenty years ago, uh, or thirty years ago. I'm getting older. Thirty years ago, when I was in my twenties, mm-hmm. uh, we we definitely still had still had all of the same parties, but people would get to the table and come to a middle ground, like they weren't so polarized that they didn't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Like you could see if if you went to DC, you would see Republicans and Democrats, you know, having having lunch and dinner together. They they weren't like 
not friends. Mm-hmm. There were people that were friends in, in the various groups. Mm-hmm. You don't see that so much. Well, you no. don't see it. They are. They, they still at the table <laughs> behind the scenes, but it's just, you know, who has the voice and who has the platform right now. In Texas, you know, um, the Republicans, you know, had a platform and the, the, the biggest voice. Um, and and Democrats are outnumbered in Texas, not necessarily in Bear County, mm-hmm. but in Texas. So it's, um, you know, they still communicate with each other. But it's um, there's a battle, you know, and some things that they're at odds against mm-hmm. right now. And so, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, back to Tan TV. So as a businesswoman, you're in a in a field that that really is that has been uh, male dominated in terms of ownership. Mm-hmm. of of uh, companies. How did you, as a woman, get out there and build this company up? Because I know a lot of meetings, you had to have meetings where people were like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I still have them. All they <laughs> <laughs> can, all, I, you know, they can see it, but, um, you know, as far as, as selling it, it's, it's a, sometimes it's a, a struggle depending on who you're uh, trying to sell to. But I've been in the media and public relations business um, for a long time. I had a media and public relations firm for 16 years. So I was on the other side of, of media. And so my struggle then and, and my my focus then was, was ensuring that uh, I improved the image of African-Americans mm-hmm. um, through my agency. You know, that was my, my slogan was, we make you look good. And so, um, you know, I had a bunch of contracts with with different companies and, and entities. And my role was to, you know, do outreach and, and public involvement with for African-Americans. And I also did ad placement. I did the whole gamut. I had a full service meeting public relations firm. And so um, to be on the other side, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, and it's, you know, people... In the past, I've been kind of standoffish because, uh, you know, my focus is the African-American market. But my, my focus has always been the African-American market. And so um, it's, when I first started, I was just thinking about an outlet, mm-hmm. to provide an outlet, not thinking about the content right. and the production part and all of the, those things that had to go along with it because I never really had to do that. Um, and then uh, Vance Bradford came in, and he always wanted to do content, African American content. Mm-hmm. So it was a, uh, and he he came in full force, you know, producing shows live. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I had that missing piece was the the content because I was just gonna I was just gonna grab content from different places and mm-hmm. and air it on ten, which is not really. Uh, a television network per se is just, mm-hmm. but but now all of our content is is basically original content, and mm-hmm. so I learned a lot about the production side of it. I learned a lot about you know, um, you know what it takes to to put all those things together, and it's it's there's a lot of different pieces to it. It's not just uh, one thing. So as a business, are you creating, it sounds like you're creating your own business model because uh, I haven't seen anything like TAN TV. Yeah, we're, we're, there's some things like it, like people have shows mm-hmm. um, that they do on a consistent basis. With TAN TV, we have to do shows. We have to continue to create content in order to, in, in, in the form of different shows or um, maybe independent film. Um, you know, we have to do a lot of collaboration in order to, you know, keep fresh content. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, uh, it's, it's bigger than what I thought, but I always do bigger things always, than what I'm. You're known for big stuff, Laura. Um, <laughs> that's what I was, that's what I was saying before we, <laughs> before we started filming. You are known for being a visionary. Yeah. That's what people, that's what, when Laura Thompson is not in the room, that's what people know you for. Right. For for 
coming up with something completely new outside of the box that that addresses what may seem like a rudimentary problem in a completely different way like mm -hmm. what you what you're doing with work is the new hustle who else would i mean who else would have come up with that that concept and delivered it in the way that you did that's that's a Laura Thompson original mm -hmm. right there. So yeah. tell everybody about Work is the New Hustle. We've talked about Work is the New Hustle before, but now you've gotten through the classes and, and what mm -hmm. it's done for the kids. So so we've done, you know, we we kicked off Work is the New Hustle with a, a press conference on June 29th. We started with a kickoff pep rally on July 14th. Um, and between... July 14th, and now, well, we're having an award ceremony tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. So between July 14th and now, you know, the kids have gone through financial literacy training. They've had work days, exposure days. Um, they've produced a, um, they've created a song uh, mm -hmm. called Work is the New Hustle. Um, and it's, it's, it was it was done by the artists or kids from ages five years old to nine years old. Um, and, and I heard and this song. It's amazing. <laughs> you know, and the concept of work is new hustle. You So instead of just saying, oh, we have a problem in our community where, where there's a disconnect between the police and kids, Laura comes up with this idea. Okay, well, let's, let's fix that. Let's bring in the police. Let's bring in kids and put faces mm -hmm. with one another. All of a sudden, uh, there's warmth coming from, from the police side, which there's always been so many of them that mm -hmm. have been warm and, and, uh, and love, love our community. But the community itself can see that. And the children, uh, that makes a huge difference for them because now there's not the fear there. Mm -hmm. So yes. that's one person that had the vision to say, okay, instead of just sitting here talking about this and talking about the things that are terrible, let's let's go let's go break through, cut right through the meat of of all the nonsense and get to something that that could be beautiful. Well, I've been on I've worked in the community for years. I've been on boards, and um, a lot of times we just talk. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we, we reconvene next month and talk some more. <laughs> and but I'm no always, action. I'm a, I'm a mm -hmm. person of action. Uh, sometimes I might act too fast and I have to slow down. But <laughs> <laughs> Now that's the visionary. <laughs> so, that's what visionaries do. Like so, you, you may get ahead of yourself. <laughs> some, some, people don't, some people don't see it until, you know, later on. Some people get burned out. Uh, but, you know, I have the ability to, to keep going, you know, and see the vision through maybe not necessarily the end, but, you know, as far as I can see it. And so, um, and I, I, not to brag or anything, but that's what separates me from everyone else. A, a lot of people is that, you know, mm -hmm. I can see it, you know, I come up with um, uh, really cool slogans and names. Um, and you execute and around then, it. And so it's uh, it's uh, it's been an interesting journey. Um, a, a lot of people say, "I want to be like you." You really don't, <laughs> unless you're ready to work. Well, and, and then solve a lot of problems and um, be consistent and persistent and insistent. You, you uh -huh. know, it's uh, it takes a lot um, to do it. You know, sometimes sometimes you're on a the pendulum swings high, and sometimes it swings low. Sometimes it swings back, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, but you, you always remain, you always, you always persevere. Everybody listen to that because perseverance really like if, if I were going to use one word to describe you, that would be one of them. That would be, a, that would be mm -hmm. a word that I would say, because you, no matter what, like if something's going wrong, you just. You're a calm, cool as a cucumber and just, okay, this is what we're going to do then. <laughs> you know, and just adjust. <laughs> so but you always keep the end game in, in mind, which I, I really like about you. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's, nothing is a, a, a smooth path. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Like I'm going to, uh, we have our award ceremony tomorrow night for work is a new hustle. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Comerica bank is giving the kids Kindle readers and, and gift cards and H-E-B is giving them uh, $50 gift cards to, to wow. shop. Uh, we have a shopping day on the 28th, which is Saturday, but, um, I'm going to, my, I'm going to give the like commencement speech and I'm going to talk about dream anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, even when it don't look like it's going to be, uh, you know, what you think it's going to be dream anyway, when, when people tell you, you know, that you can't do a dream anyway. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to emphasize that to the, to the kids. Cause a lot of times that's where it starts. Uh, you know, a lot of times family says, Oh, you can't do that. You should do this. Mm -hmm. But nobody's in the family's done that. Like in my family, you know, nobody in the family, uh, you know, thought about doing the things that I do and they thought it was stupid or not stupid, but that I couldn't do it. Um, and so I always had to fight in my, even in my family to say, I can do it and I'm going to do it. Uh -huh. uh, and my mom would say, oh, she said she's going to do all these things. And I said, yeah, I am. I didn't say I was going to do them all at one time, but I am. So I, uh -huh. the, the things that I'm doing now, I've thought about those things uh, since I was a little kid. So, uh, you know, bring your A game because it's, you know, those, those ideas have, you know, have started at, you know, age five and six years old. Uh, and so I'm just starting to really implement those things. I, I wrote a book called On My Way to the Top. And uh, in the introduction, I said I dreamed of the things that I wanted to do, but I didn't dream of the work. So it takes work. It takes work. Whatever you do, it takes dedication, commitment, work, you know, long hours. Um, you know, I was just thinking, you know, I've dedicated, you know, my whole life. I've invested my whole life in doing the same types of things. Uh -huh. um, and sometimes I, I, I get upset or disappointed because I think I've missed out, you know, on a lot of living, uh, but I've been committed to a particular purpose that I don't know if I necessarily chose it or not, but. It chose you. Know. you. <laughs> I mean, there's something to be said for everything that you, you just stated about work because, you know, these days uh, we can have a, a mentality that, of entitlement, like you see entitlement in different areas. Yeah. And there's no such thing as that. Like you, you have to get out there and hustle and do what needs to be done because uh, it's just the way that it is. Mm -hmm. That is a, that's a part of, of achieving. But what, what disappoints me with, with people once we feel like we've arrived um, is we look at our kids uh, and say they don't want to work and they do. We talk about the millennials. Yeah. They just work different and they see That's things right, they different. Do. Just like we work different and we see things different than than our parents and our grandparents. Um, you know, we they want to work like some of the kids in the program. They say, Mama, come on, get up. You uh -huh. know, we got to go to work. You know, one and little boy came in with his hair not cut. And then he, the, when he had to go to work, he, he told his mom, I need to go to the barbershop so I can look like for work, and so they do want to work, uh, and they will work. Uh, but we got we got we got to look at them different. Mm -hmm. You know, they they uh, we can't look at them through our lens of of what work means to us or what they should be. You know, we got you got to let them be and guide them. And yeah. you are listening to On the Record with Tiffany. I'm here with my special guest. Uh, Laura Thompson, and please come on back. And we gotta we gotta pay a couple of bills, but come on back and listen, because Laura is giving some great advice, especially in these difficult times. And you're listening to On the Record with Tiffany. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation, and I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed 
the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister, is your brother, is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit, or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. And we're back with my guest, Laura Thompson of TAN TV, uh, a small business that uh, is growing into a big business. <laughs> um, and it is uh, um, African American Business Month, uh, and we are talking about businesses and how one grows one. Um, so you envisioned this in 95, then you started the actual TAN TV in 2015. What, what made you think, okay, now's the time for me to go ahead and do this? I don't know. Um, actually, I started in 2012 as a YouTube channel. Then at the end of uh, 2016, uh, I saw an office that I liked and uh, <laughs> I walked through and I and I don't know what made me do it or say it but I said the studio is going to be here this space is going to be this we're going to use this for this um, and then I started making phone calls to see how I could do 24-hour broadcasting I found a company called them about a hundred times until they finally called me back <laughs> And I called him at a good Persistence. time. <laughs> and I, I called him at a good time because they were having a promotion. And so uh, everything was really, really discounted. I, although um, I think they were kind of starting out at the same time that I was kind of. They might have been a year ahead of me. But anyway, it was a discount. And so, you know, I talked, I, I called so much that the guy came, I don't know where he he never did really tell me where he was based. <laughs> Shoot, but, that's faith right there. <laughs> but he said, I'm coming to San Antonio and I want to stop by mm -hmm. and see you set up. So he stopped by. Uh, he And, um, you know, we worked with him for probably a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And then um, uh, it wasn't working out because he didn't really have the technical support. Mm -hmm. team that we needed he was just if I would call him and say I had a problem he said well nobody else has called and I said okay okay I, that's I, all good. I might need to <laughs> <laughs> okay so maybe we started here but I'm gonna have to <laughs> so, so I found another company that we're still currently with that you know does all of our uh, back-end stuff and mm -hmm. has he they had the same connectivity stuff and and i I called them at a good time because I got a discount with them. I was able to negotiate a really, um, uh, what I thought was a decent price based on what they were charging. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I knew a little bit about uh, how it worked. And so I was able to negotiate because I had worked with this other company. So mm -hmm. I was able to probably save maybe four or $500 a month based on what they were trying to charge. Wow. And so uh, so we're still with that company. Um, uh, I'm not ready to completely announce it yet, but we have, uh, uh, we're going to be moving to another level. We'll still have all of our platforms, but we're going to be um, on a major digital platform that leads back to TAN TV. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about that at another time. 
But um, you, you know. got to make the announcement here. I'm <laughs> <laughs> on the record with Tiffany. Um, but see, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you today. Just being uh, a woman in a business that is predominantly male. Mm-hmm. And how it, do you get to those? How do you do this? I, mean, I don't, I don't know because no I didn't really like when in my agency they were saying it's it's white male dominated and it's blah blah mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really think about it, you know, being not discriminatory, discriminatory towards women, but I didn't really think that, I didn't look at it like that. Right. Whatever I do, I don't really look at race. I don't look at gender. See, I'm the at, same way. I'm like, I just look at, it's Tiffany, and how is Tiffany going to get mm-hmm. Tiffany's outcome? <laughs> right. So I didn't really, I, I didn't really think about it like that, but then getting into this industry, I I start seeing it a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I start seeing, um, you know, men in the industry that I knew, you know, and they would come in and try to push me around and use my stuff and tell me how I was going to do it. And, and so I'm saying, wait a minute now, y'all don't, yeah, y'all don't know me very well. <laughs> <laughs> I seem calm, and I am, but, mm-hmm. you know. I'm not but, a, you, but you will stand your ground yeah, on the a, things you believe. I'm not a pushover. And so yeah. you got to really, um, uh, it's a very uh, intellectual property-driven industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an idea-driven industry, uh, which that's my specialty is, is ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people come to me for ideas. Mm-hmm. Um because ideas are what drive a, it, it drives a business. Without ideas, you can't grow, and you're not mm-hmm. gonna stay in the game long if you don't have fresh new ideas. ideas. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and I was able to um, incorporate my experience from media and public relations and my love for the African American community uh, and kids, and consolidate all of that into. A digital television network. Now, how that makes sense to, <laughs> <laughs> to the viewing audience, I don't know. But um, you know, that's what you know. It's it's the digital television network is part of a a multitude of different types of experiences uh, that I've had over my lifetime. So, so. Expound on that. Like it's a multitude of different types of experiences. So, so I, 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 I work with business owners, female business owners. I was the founder of an organization called Sisters in Business, um, mm-hmm. and so that had a ten-year run. Um, I published several who's who books uh, for African Americans. So, you know, that's one facet of it. So I've always dealt with the African-American community on different levels and mm-hmm. different classes of people. Um, I've, I've worked with young people, you know, since the nineties. And so all of these, all of these things, um, um, it's, it's a multifaceted type um, uh, experience that I've had in terms of, of business. Um, I've always done projects. I've I've worked in industries where it's deadline oriented. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm just taking those voices, you know, from books Mm -hmm. um, and from events and putting them on a platform to give them a different type of voice. I like television. Um, What made you decide you wanted to make black people look good? Was it the images that you saw, or mm-hmm. um, I didn't like or, history coming up because I didn't see any good stories about. I saw a few good stories, but those were, you know, they pick and chose what stories they wanted to tell. Um, but I always thought that we had the ability to do much, much more, and that we did do much more. It just wasn't in the book, so I didn't really like history until after I got out of school. Um, and so, um, and then my, my sister was real. She started the first, um, um, Afro, 
I forgot the name of it, but it was an organization at our high school. Mm-hmm. And so then my, my family, my parents were, you know, uh, always talking about, you know, being proud to be uh, an African-American or a black person. And so it was just ingrained in me. I've always, um, uh, you know, I was always vocal about, you know, being, being black uh, mm-hmm. and proud of it. And so, um, you know, and I had a lot of friends that weren't necessarily black or that weren't black, mm-hmm. but I was proud of myself being black. And so I always wanted to do something to kind of push us forward because we always had a bad name in terms of media. Yeah. Um, and we've always, we're, and we're still, they're getting a little bit better kind of, they're, they're trying right now. Mm-hmm. Uh because they have to, mm-hmm. but, um, and that's okay. It's for whatever reason, um, they're trying to change the perception of the way African-Americans are viewed. Um, and so I wanted to be a part of that. And so I said, well, shoot, I'm just going to start my own and, and television put the image, Put the images out there that I want mm-hmm. to see. I, I worked for an internet, when I worked for that internet company, that's when I registered the African-American network, uh, and I told uh, uh, the uh, everybody could have a web, a free web page. And so mm-hmm. I had a web page back then, the African American Network. And so um, the operations manager said, "Oh, you know, he's Anglo." He said, "Why, you know, do y'all, you know, you want us to do web pages for all these black events?" And I said, "Cause you do them all the time for white events." Mm-hmm. And That's so I just want, you know. And since I'm African American, I want a web page for Juneteenth. I want mm-hmm. a web page for Black History Month. I want yeah. my African American network page. I want, you know, our holidays um, to be acknowledged as well. And so, um, so I've always it's just been ingrained in me. It's just my makeup. I think that, you know, I'm even in elementary school. I was trying to push, you know people to do certain things that and draw their talent out, uh, you know, as African-Americans. So I've always done that. I don't, I don't know what made me do it. But you do um, it. Yeah. So when work is a new hustle is your latest uh, incarnation of, mm-hmm. of drawing out black talent uh, because not only are you bringing the police and the kids together, but you're also like teaching the children something that they need to, that they should have, and that many of our counterparts have, and that's financial literacy. Mm-hmm. Financial literacy and just exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, you, exposure works wonders just mm-hmm. to, for, just if they came into this studio to see all of this equipment and see how it works, it's, mm-hmm. it's exposure. And, something, and it's that, something that can, they just instantly pick up. Something I noticed with you, too, is that you never say can't. You never say you can't do this. You always encourage anybody, even me, when I'm feeling low, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I don't know, Lord. You're always like, well, now, what do you want to do? How how much you want to put into this? (laughs) (laughs) You can do it. What do you want to do? There's just... You know, sacrifices with everything that you do. There's there's consequences for everything that you do, but there is no such thing as can't. Right. Well, it, people want things to happen instantly, and they don't. You know, if you want to build a house, you know, you just can't. You know, you got to get certain things in order to build that house. You know, you mm-hmm. got to have the plumbing, the electrical. You got to have blueprints. You got to have. Uh, Inspections, you gotta have license and mm-hmm. permits and all of that stuff. You just can't. You can't just, you know, build it mm-hmm. with all of those elements. And so it's the same with anything. You you can do it because it's been done. Somebody built this building. Somebody made those, you know, these mics. You know, it it can be done, but you got to put the time in it and the work in in order to get it done. Hence, work is the new hustle. Uh-huh. Work is the new hustle. <laughs> <muscle. laughs> that's a little preview of the song that's about to drop, people. <laughs> work is the new so, hustle really is. And so that name came from 
kind of redefining the word hustle. Because uh-huh. um, in some communities, hustle is viewed, uh, it's not necessarily negative, but it's just a, a different way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of street life, a description so, of street life, right? To some. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look in the dictionary, they have some negative uh, uh, definitions and they have some positive ones. Mm-hmm. And so we're, you know, just trying to um, incorporate a, a new way to look at hustle. So tell us your new way to look at it. Tell us the, the other definitions of hustle and how you're redefining hustle. Well, I mean, it could be, you know, a, a street hustler. It could be a, a drug dealer. It could be, and all, and all of that's work. It's just, it's just not legal work. Mm-hmm. All of it takes work. Um, and it's a hustle, but we're redefining that and say, okay, this is, this is what the kind of work that um, won't get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but you got you still have life. to hustle. Yeah. <laughs> you, still gotta, you still have to hustle, but it's a different way of looking at hustling. Uh-huh. Um, and so we're just, um, I, li- I just like to take language redefine, and change it. Yeah. Redefine stuff. Yeah. I love that. So in terms of a business, when you came up with the idea for work is a new hustle and you're working with kids and trying to get them uh some opportunities that they would that they may not have necessarily had. Uh, what were the obstacles that you ran into? In terms of working with the kids? No, not the kids. Trying to put together the program for the kids. No, I mean no, no really big obstacles. Um, you know, I have relationships with with people over the years, um, and in some cases, you know, I just pick up the phone and say. This is what I'm doing. You know, they they know my history for doing it, and mm-hmm. so they say, "What do you need?" Um, so whenever so, I say this is uh, Laura Thompson, remember what you just said right there, because that's what I mean when I say Laura Thompson can do well, all kinds it, of stuff. Right, but it's, it's not. <laughs> it, it's not. It's not because of that. It's just because I I worked and I hustled uh-huh. to, to build that. That but you type still of reputation. It's not that. have that reputation, Laura. I mean, you can't just <laughs> keep on trying to talk in circles and get around it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, I mean, it's just, it's not just, um, anybody can do it, you know, but they just got to, you have to have a track record of saying, okay, I'm going to do this and do it. Um, when I had my media public relations firm, I had to think of an idea. Mm-hmm. I had to write the proposal. I had to submit the proposal. I had to wait for it to be approved or not approved. I had to do the work mm-hmm. and then get paid. So it's a lot of steps just to mm-hmm. get that, just to get that there. one, that one sponsor, that one contract, any of that. It's it's a lot of steps. And so a lot of people would say, Oh, I submitted it, but they didn't call me back. Or I called them, but they didn't call me back. But but you want something, so the onus, you gotta keep the calling. onus is on you mm-hmm. uh, to call them back. <laughs> yeah, follow up, and so a lot of a lot of people miss that step, uh, and so it holds people back. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do it, but are they willing to do it? Mm-hmm. Are, are they willing, willing to, to follow do- up and follow up and follow up? Mm-hmm. Call somebody a hundred times to get get them mm-hmm. to uh, uh, let you onto their platform. <laughs> Right, 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 right. You know, and um, and you don't want to continue to live like that in your business, though, where you're always calling people. You know, at some point, the reverse will happen. If you you want to create a demand for, um, you know, what you're selling or mm-hmm. what you're offering, so that it could come back. But then it's a lot of competition, and it's a lot of it's it's just so many things that you know go along with with operating a business. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to make decisions that you didn't anticipate. You got to make hard decisions. You got to, you know, sometimes you got to, you know, let people go. You got to find good people. You mm-hmm. got to build teams. It's just, it's, it's more than just 
okay, let's just start Tan TV and put mm-hmm. and put some <laughs> shows together. Yeah, so it's it's. Uh, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> uh, once you build it, it can run like a wheel oil machine, mm-hmm. you know, for a while. But it's it's always you're always work. retooling. Mm-hmm. You're always retooling because one person added into a into a work environment who is a sunshine and a ray of you know of of uh, or uh, who's very well organized and and uh, positive can change. The whole milieu of a place mm-hmm. for the positive, you know, just as somebody who's interjected into a place uh, and they're negative, they can bring the whole place down mm-hmm. too. And so I was, I was um, in the, in the workplace. Um, I was kind of always a, a visionary in the workplace mm-hmm. within somebody else's vision, so it's difficult for me to stay in the workplace. Because um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always going ahead of what you know, nobody wants to, to hear those done. ten steps ahead that they didn't think of. Right. <laughs> so it was it was uh, being an employee uh, was difficult because I was a visionary, creative, radical, all of that um, stuff mixed in into <laughs> one little drink. So. <laughs> One little teeny tiny one, because you're small but mighty. (laughs) So it's, um, uh, you know, the business is is more than a more than a notion. You can have a business plan. You can have, you know, everything in order, um, but there's still a lot of uncharted territory, especially when you're pioneering something. It's Uh kind of Pioneering is difficult because nobody's done it the way that you're doing it before. And so not only are you entering into new territory, but there's a lot of, uh, you're going to have a lot of people coming your way saying, I don't know if you can do that. It's never been done before. Well, that part is like, I don't you no, you don't know. Mm-hmm. But I do, and I have the vision for it, so I'm going to keep on going. Is that is that kind of where you? <laughs> well, that's with with everything because there's no one answer to anything, mm-hmm. and one person's experience is not another person's experience, mm-hmm. and so you can't really say, okay, everybody. That's why you know when they teach about business and they tell you never to do this and always do that. You know, it's not necessarily relevant for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you shake hands like this, and you do this. You give, make sure you have your business cards. I do the opposite. I shake hands, but you know, I don't. I don't really carry business cards because um, mm-hmm. I just don't. I saw 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 people that were highly successful, and they would always say, mm, "I forgot my." I gave my last one out a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And they have them, but, you know, they're selective about who they who do business be. with. So. That's a very good, good piece of, uh, of advice. You know, you have to, everything that you hear in a course or in, uh, in school is not necessarily what you're going to experience when mm-hmm. you're out in the field. Like my sister will tell me, oh, you, you're not going to be able to do this. Okay. All right. And just keep on going. It's all good. <laughs> well, thank you for being with us today, Laura Thompson, and sharing your insights about business and about TAN TV and women in business, because this is, you know, I feel like it's an unprecedented time for women in business because we see a lot more of us mm-hmm. showing up in business. Uh, and you're definitely one of the the uh, female leads here in San Antonio in terms of business and innovation. Everybody knows you for your innovative ideas so and your vision. So thank you for being there and changing what we think about how black people look, changing the image of, of our community and representing some of the best uh, 
the best in us. Right. So I, I, I not only want to change the, the image and perception, but, you know, our mindset, the way we, the way we see ourselves and the way other people see us. It's, it's a, a mindset shift that has to take place. And you're and you are are setting the path for that with Tan TV. So, once again, you're listening to On the Record with Tiffany. I hope you enjoyed this episode of On the Record with Tiffany on 9:30 a.m. The Answer, and I will see you again next week. You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930amtheanswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930am The Answer. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation. And I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister, is your brother, is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you.